Hi there. Thanks for listening to the Curiosity for Better Learning podcast, where we talk with educators, researchers, and thought leaders about top of mind topics in the K-12 education space. We hope you take away evidence-backed insights from cutting-edge research, practical ideas you can try in the classroom today, and questions that inspire your own exploration to learn more, awakening your professional curiosity. My name is Carrie Budinger. I'm one of the co-hosts for McRell's Curiosity Podcast. For listeners who may not know McRell, we are a research-based education nonprofit. We use evidence from what really works in schools to help increase educator expertise, student achievement, and school success. I've been working at McRell for three years. I'm a former high school teacher, and now I support business development through sales and marketing. And I'm Dallas Duncan. I formerly worked in the children's and young adult publishing space. And then about two and a half years ago, I joined up with McCrell to help lead our marketing and content development efforts. We've got a great topic coming up all around establishing school and district-wide teamwork to ensure that all students have an equal opportunity to learn. But before we get into today's topic, guaranteed and viable curriculum, collaboration for equitable student outcomes. Kathleen, I'll give you the floor now to introduce yourself. Well, thank you, Dallas and Carrie. It's great to be with you today. I am Kathleen Dempsey, and I joined McCrell in 2008 after serving as the secondary mathematics program coordinator um, in Virginia Beach City Public Schools. Now, in that role, I focused on curriculum development, instructional practices, and mentoring new staff. And so when I transitioned to McCrell, those were my focus areas. Um, Some of the most rewarding experiences at McCrell involved the research we did around formative assessment in middle school mathematics, as, as well as learning from the many educators we worked with over the years. Now, in 2020, I did establish my own consulting company. It's Outer Banks Education Consulting, and I continue to work with McCrell on a number of projects. And Kathleen, we're so happy to still have contact with you and weave our work together. It's always a pleasure. (laughs) Yep. That's great. All right. So before we get too far into today's topic, uh, let's do some icebreakers. So, uh, Kathleen, we've heard that you're a fan of baseball. Uh, What's the coolest baseball moment you've seen or experienced recently? Oh, baseball is somewhat a passion for me. I love being at the ballpark and enjoying the sights and sounds of the game. You know, it's a game that's shared across generations, and it builds lots of special family uh, memories. And one of the coolest moments I've seen recently was last summer uh, when Major League Baseball held an official game at the Field of Dreams in Iowa. Listening to Kevin Cosner during the opening, watching the White Sox and Yankees players come out of the cornfield and seeing the families playing a game of catch. Oh, it was really special. And I know it's nostalgic, but <laughs> yeah. it was really cool. Nothing wrong with a little nostalgia. And I can only imagine the goosebumps of seeing that and experiencing that. I love that movie. I really, I'm not a baseball fan, but that movie kind of makes me a fan. <laughs> the sign of a good sports movie. 
Right, exactly. It was all Kevin Costner. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then <laughs> oh, I also have a icebreaker for you that's kind of related to our podcast. What's got you curious these days? So, you know, I'm really curious about the greater use of remote learning and technology and how that's going is going to influence student learning. There is such potential. And as a mathematics educator, I love the way technology can help us visualize mathematics concepts. But I know there's also challenges. So, you know, I'm I'm just going to believe, I must believe we'll find the right balance so that we can ultimately serve all of our students. Yeah, I think that's a great thing to be curious about. And technology for math has really come a long way. I've seen these math textbooks that are online and it just brings it to life, which is definitely what I could have used when I was in math classrooms. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Visual learners everywhere. Exactly. <laughs> like <laughs> so visual learning with math, I think that could have helped a lot of cases. Yeah, <laughs> it would have. Yeah. All right. So sweet. Let's uh get into today's topic. Um let's just start off with like a general definition. So uh, Kathleen, um, what is a guaranteed and viable curriculum? Well, as I'm sure you recognize, a guaranteed and viable curriculum, or a GVC for short, has two components. First of all, there's that guarantee. And in this context, the guarantee refers to opportunity. For example, Let's envision an elementary school with four grade five classrooms. When the curriculum is guaranteed, all students in those four classrooms have equal opportunity, time, and access to the same rigorous content. It's about, really, it's about equity and making sure all students have access now, this guarantee makes the second component of a GVC very important because um, for a curriculum to be viable, teachers must have adequate time to teach the content and students must have adequate time to learn. And historically, this has been a challenge for us. But it is a challenge that we're more aware of and educators and stakeholders across educational systems are working to focus learning on essential content, trying to reduce like the number of concepts introduced in a given year so that we can dig deeper into those concepts and have a better understanding. Um, please know that a GVC is not about lockstep instruction. Students enter our classroom, uh, classrooms with a variety of experiences and readiness levels. And teachers must have the flexibility to address those needs and to help students dive into their passions. What this does mean is that we don't have the option to pick and choose content because all students should have access to rigorous content. And through a GVC, there's agreement on what is essential. I like that it's not a lockstep or you're telling teachers what to teach and when to teach it. It feels like it could be implemented in any school or district in the way that makes sense for them. 
Right. And I think that's so important. You know, it's unfortunate that some um, programs out there have almost tried to teacher proof the curriculum. And, you know, we don't we don't um, certainly want that at all. You know, we've got to know what all students must know, understand and do. But then you've got to meet your student needs. So. And having the opportunity and the access is incredibly important. Equity is at the forefront for the last several years. And I think that's a really great way to get there. Yeah. Yep. So Dallas and I were looking at some analytics for our website, and we contacted you because we saw that your blog from five years ago is the most viewed post of all time, and it consistently is viewed over the years. Why do you think GVC is such an evergreen topic? Well, uh, you know, curriculum is a foundational element of student learning. You know, it includes how we group and sequence the contents, knowledge, and skill. It includes the learning activities and how we engage students. It's about resources and how we monitor and then ultimately assess student learning. Having a um, a GVC is a great asset for teachers and truly for students. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I agree. It was fantastic to see that it was evergreen and after speaking to you today and learning more from you earlier in the week um it just makes sense to me well you know i I do think people are kind of hungry for that because um it is so foundational and there are so many things out there sometimes it's hard to sort through um what you can actually control and do And this is one thing you can focus on and take, um, you know, and manage. Yeah. Awesome. So, yeah, we'll definitely be sure to link uh, somehow link to the uh, uh, blog post around that. So everyone can see for one, the blog post, but also the great discussion and like the comments that are on the bottom of there. Some great activity there. We love to see it. So um, I imagine that there are listeners who are unsure if they have a guaranteed and viable curriculum in their school or district. So are there self-assessment questions that they can use to reflect on this? Sure. And in fact, the impetus for this blog was actually a question from a new principal who asked, how would I know if our school has a GVC? And It was a great question and prompted us to dig a a bit deeper for a response. Um, I'd like to briefly address those questions, but I do want to encourage our listeners to access that blog. Um, Certainly there's more detail and there's an infographic that can be used for discussion purposes. Um, for staff and department meetings so that staff can really um, consider that question about do they have a GVC at the school? So generally there, as I mentioned, are four questions. And the first one is about a common understanding. And so uh, the question would be, do we as school uh, staff have a common understanding of the essential content that all students need to know, understand, and be able to do. 
And, you know, written documents are important and certainly are highly recommended. But the way we interpret a written document can be very different from teacher to teacher. So um, building that same uh, mutual understanding is really important. Uh, the second question is about performance criteria. And so are performance criteria established and communicated? And you know, that is, do teachers understand what mastery is and partial mastery and entry-level learning? And have students, have, have this criteria been clearly communicated to students? You know, are they using rubrics and anchor papers and learning guides and all of those things to get uh, that understanding of performance? The third question is about implementation. So do we have a process for monitoring implementation of the GVC? So what are our routines and processes? So they, we can assure we're on track and better understand student progress. Um, and the fourth one has to do with support structures. And so what are the support structures that provide ongoing support to teachers and even to school leaders? And for example, is there scheduled time for collaborative planning? So, and have we helped teams build trust so that they can communicate and, and share challenges and work together well? Um, so these are in general, the questions that might be asked. You know, one of the goals of our podcast is that listeners will be able to walk away with a few takeaways. Those are four great takeaways. And I'd actually like to take it a step further because you have done this. You've had these conversations with clients when you were at McBrow. Uh, you had mentioned collaboration and some other things, but are there any tips you want to highlight to ensure the listeners who are interested in developing and implementing a GVC that they also take away from this uh, podcast episode with us? Oh, sure. Um, you know, from my perspective, establishing and maintaining that GVC is a collegial process. It requires established protocols and routines to keep that GVC agreement alive and meaningful to all of its stakeholders. So think about the uh, the way PLCs are used in the uh, building. Think about how staff meetings are used or department meetings. These are great structures to really build that mutual understanding and then be able to monitor and support teachers as they implement that GVC. Um, you know, it does require a lot of open dialogue open dialogue about the learning activities, the performance criteria, student progress, and, you know, actually a willingness for each colleague to reflect on their contribution to the process. So I truly encourage collaborative planning for instruction and discussion about student learning based in student work. Yeah, I think that's extremely powerful. Oh, go ahead, Carrie. Oh, no, I was going to say just working together. There's so much value yeah. in that. So powerful yeah. is a great word for it. Yeah. Yeah. And also just in terms of like you can have a set process, but at the end of the day, 
um, life doesn't always follow that process. And sometimes instead of going from step one to two to three, you got to talk things out and trying to figure out where you're at right now. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I think over the years, we are much better about working as a team. Um, I mean, historically, teachers kind of got a curriculum or a textbook. They went off on their independent way, did their planning, and certainly attempted to meet student needs in the very best way possible. Um, But when you work as a team, there's so much value in it and so much that can be um, so many other ways we learn to help students. So it's just more powerful. Yeah, absolutely. So as Dallas mentioned, we're going to link the blog, but if there are people who really want to take this further and talk a bit more with you, or if they're curious to learn more in general, how can they contact you? Um, I truly think my email is probably the best way. I'm at kdempsey at obxeduconsulting.com, so outerbankseducationconsulting.com. I also know certainly my colleagues at McCrell, if they contacted you, that they would, you would in turn uh, forward that to me. So either way works. Wonderful. Awesome. Well, Kathleen, thank you so much for uh, getting on this podcast, talking with us about this wonderful topic. And uh, yeah, we'll be linking one to your contact information if people do want to get in contact with you personally. And we'll also link some additional resources around GVC and kind of asking some of those questions around figuring out, do we have it? Do we not? Where do we start? Um, And of course, that super popular uh, blog post, we're going to have to link that as well. Um, But yeah, thank you so much, Kathleen. Oh, it was delightful. Thank you. I get excited about talking of curriculum. (laughs) Thanks for joining us. And for those of you who are listening in, thanks for joining the discussion. If today's topic has sparked your curiosity and you want to learn more, visit mccrell.org slash podcast. There you'll find links to all of our full-length episodes as well as free related resources like white papers, guides, infographics, and more to help you use these strategies and insights to accomplish your own classroom goals for the year. Thank you for all that you do. Until next time, stay curious.